0: Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of Career Journey Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Brittany Avila. And on today's episode, we have Amanda Pollock returning. And this episode was dedicated only to networking. So we're talking all about networking, making friends in your career, how to find people, all the good stuff related to networking. So please enjoy Amanda Pollock. Hey everyone welcome to the career journey podcast where we explore exciting careers and how to get them from the people who flipped it i'm your host dr Brittany avila thank you for tuning in and enjoy
1: it just remind like it was such a good um reminder for some stuff actually like with things right now for me yeah. uh Like next week, I'm going to New York for my first in-person, like work conference. Yay. And this was all of the stuff I had planned in 2020. I feel like everyone who I talked to 2020, it was like, this is the year, this is happening. Best year in, you know, business, (laughs) professional, whatever, everything gets shut down. And so, yeah, it's, um,
0: it's finally happening now, two years later.
1: (laughs) finally happening and I, I felt this whole thing too of um so it's it's a two-day conference um and it's for um, I'm part of this women's group um called cherry bomb and so there's gonna be over it's sold out there's over 700 yeah. people coming to this event um and it's all women in food and beverage so you know food stylists and photographers and I'm part of me. I'm like, "Ah, do I remember how how to do this? My palms are sweaty. I gotta
0: gotta
1: go with a a mission. Um, But I'm
0: exciting.
1: I am really excited because I feel like, too, everyone will probably be thinking the same thing. It almost feels like, I don't know, you are in school and maybe you missed like morning recess and this is like the afternoon <laughs> recess and everyone's just gonna be running like hi it's nice to meet you let's exchange info let's work together let's
0: I feel like yeah. our social cues are all gonna be off where we're just like so excited I have a conference at the end of April too and I'm like there's people that I haven't seen yeah like three years and I talk to them online all the time but I don't I haven't seen them in forever I was like I'm gonna be so awkward I'm gonna be like can we go for a coffee? Can we go for lunch? Can we go for dinner? Can we do anything? And I'm like, I have to tone it down.
1: <laughs> well, also, that's such a good point because I I had recently um I had done a virtual event um or a virtual like members meeting with this group like a couple months ago. And so we got they um at the end of every members meeting, we got thrown into a breakout room on Zoom. And so it's like five minutes of hi, you know, whatever. And, um, someone had suggested, oh, um, cause we're all over, like, it's an they're international, um, all the members. And so someone was like, oh, you're in Nashville. Like you should connect with so-and-so. And they listed like people's names. And then when everybody was back in the group, they put that in the group chat. And so one of these women found me on Instagram, which I was like, I never use that. Don't, like, but that's fine. (laughs) That's how we first started. Um, and she was like, yeah, we should get together. Okay. (laughs) I forgot that when you don't really know someone and then trying to figure out like, Hey, let's meet up and do something. All of these new things popped in my head. I was like, okay, well, first of all, I don't know, like, should you know, you say coffee or a drink. I have no idea. Do we do dinner? Um, is it just like a phone call or is it a video chat? Like it was the weirdest oh thing, just kind of navigating. Like, what do you feel comfortable with? I'm not sure. Also, it was like, I felt like we were figuring out a date because it's like, well, what side of town are you on? Well, where would you want to go? It took us forever. Oh my gosh. To figure uh- out thing.
0: I am so horrible. Cause I'm such a people pleaser that I can't say anything. Like I just did this for two reasons. One was just, I'm trying to plan a play date with a mom. I know well already, we've had multiple play dates, um, for my son. And I feel like a teenager, like texting somebody I like where I'm just like, I don't want to like bother you, but if you're free, like, could we do this? And she's like, yeah, when are you available? I'm like, whenever. And then I'm like the super available, like anytime, any place, whatever you want. And I was like, I should probably like concretely say like a date or something, but I'm like, seriously, whenever you're free, I'm not busy. You're busy. Like you tell me. Um, and same, like I just did. So in talking about our networking episode, which I just edited it last week and put it out and it was perfect timing because I always tell students, reach out to your network. If you don't have a network, create one, blah, blah, blah. And I'm just now realizing how big of a network I have been creating in the last few years. Mm -hmm. And so I had to reach out to somebody that I went to college with. I haven't seen her since I graduated undergrad, which has been, oh my gosh, 15 years or something now. It's been a really long time. So I haven't seen her in forever, but I follow her on social media. Like we still kind of keep up that way. And she works in a different industry. She works in UX research, Um, and I wanted to ask her about that field. And so I had to like, send like a Facebook message, like, you know, she works for Facebook. So I was like, well, I know she uses it. Um, and I had to be like, Hey, if you're free anytime, like, could you have like 20 minutes? And I was so nervous. I was like, she's not going to respond. Oh my gosh. Of course she responded. She's like, yeah, sure. Let's do this time. And then now I'm like, do you want zoom? Do you want a phone call? Like what time? What day? Like oh my gosh, I'm like there's so many follow up questions. Like I I wish it was like the movies where they're just like, "Hey, do you want to have dinner next week?" and then all of a sudden it's dinner next week. Yeah. <laughs> I have to do all the mid, like the middle stuff. <laughs>
1: There was no like exchange of anything. It was just like, oh, he magically knew her number.
0: And then they just showed up at the same time. Yeah, every time that happens, I'm like, how did they plan this? Like, where did they get this? Idea? Like, did they text each other for an hour? Like, did they text each other fast? Like, how did this work? Um,
1: it's such a fair thing though, because I, same, same thing. Like, I felt, I was like, Oh my gosh, like, I'm so nervous, but <laughs> this is just like a new, like friend, like yeah. that should just be super easy. And I think that you like revert to middle school in some ways of like, well, if I say this and they say no, then that means they don't like me yeah. and I just shouldn't have tried at all. Um, and it was funny though, because I, there was a, there's a point to where I think, where you're trying to expand your network and you're just trying to do like small little things, even like your personal network, right? Like yeah. you're just doing small little things. And so there was a point where I was asking myself, is this even worth it? Like, I, know. I, I, I mean, I, too I, hard. <laughs> I, I have, I probably have enough friends. It, it's going to be fine. I, maybe, maybe this is just too hard. And so we ended up like settling on a place um, and, you know, of course I get everywhere early because um, <laughs> I'm, I just, I'm that um, crazy and which I, I'm fine. I'd rather get there early and wait than be rushed and stuff. So anyway, I had ordered uh, coffee and I'm just sitting there waiting. And I was like, what if she doesn't show up? You know, <laughs> what if, cause she was a little bit late anyway she came in um, and was like, hey, do you mind if we sit outside? I don't feel comfortable in here. And I was like, again, stuff you just still forget, which was totally fine. Um, We ended up having the best conversation.
0: It's always worth it. It's hard. You get nervous and you get scared, but it's always worth
1: it. It it totally (laughs) was. We had so many connections. Um, She was also like, originally from Northern California, has lived all over the world. Um, we shared our love of Ike's sandwiches, which <laughs> Ike's is the best ever. Um, it's why my pants didn't fit my last semester <laughs> of college and I don't regret
0: anything. <laughs> right.
1: But when we we were, um, we had parked on the same, I had actually told her where parking was easy. So we were walking to our cars and she just looked at me and she goes, this was so much fun.
0: Aww, I was like,
1: hey. It it is so worth it to kind of put yourself out there and see cuz even if like we didn't connect or something you're just at least getting out and meeting someone, you know, or whatever but yeah, I I think it was good practice. Um and a good reminder too, that you just, you don't know. Like you might think like, oh gosh, well, this has just been such a nightmare trying to plan this thing. It's probably gonna be terrible. It's like, <laughs> no, change your, change your tune. No. It might be really good.
0: Well, and we, we put so much on it and it, it's hard to meet people when you're older. Like it's so much easier, you know, when you're in high school, when you're in college, you have kind of a built in network around you somewhere. Yeah. And then you go on like, you know, even grad school was easier because you still had kind of a built-in like kind of network of people. And now, and I've moved around so much. And so like in the town I live in, there's people that have lived here their whole lives. And so they have friends that they've grown up with. And I'm like, how do you fit into that? You know? And so it is weird how networking kind of becomes finding friends a little bit, but also like you're saying, it kind of becomes like dating in like middle school and high school where you get really nervous and you don't know if you're going to say the right things. Like you were saying, is it coffee? Is it drinks? And then you overanalyze like, well, what if they don't like to drink? What if they really do want to drink? What if they don't drink coffee? Like I drink decaf. And so I always get worried. Like, what if we go to a place and like, they don't have decaf or like, they're not, I don't know. And like, you just overanalyze and think about all these things. And It's so weird, but it's always worth it. Cause even if that situation for you had ended up where you didn't really vibe with her very well, and it wasn't great, you still get something out of every experience. So you still would have gotten practice going through this motion. Um, You still would have gotten a chance to meet somebody who, even if you didn't vibe with could still be a network somewhere down the line eventually, you still would have gotten to get out of the house and go somewhere. And so like, there's always still something you can gain from it, even if it doesn't go exactly how you want it. And so a lot of times it's just putting yourself out there. Like I get scared. I get nervous. I'm introverted. I'm shy. I'm, I, I just want to make friends. And so like, I get so nervous where I'm like, what if they don't like me? Like, what if all this stuff, just like you were saying, and it never not works out. Like there's sometimes where things maybe don't keep going and I don't uh, talk to the people more than once, but it's always usually a good time or a good experience, or I learn something or they learn something or whatever. And so it's always worth it, even if it's scary in the moment and doesn't feel like it.
1: Totally. And I think too, um, to your point of, if it only happens once or twice, I feel like something that I put a lot of pressure on even still within the last couple of years, because it feels like any, um, attempt there's a, just naturally it's like, oh my gosh, well, I don't know when I'll have the opportunity to, you know, do this again. So I just, Really hope this works out. I hope you're my friend. I hope that all of my, you know, all of our career dreams just overlap and leave together. Um, you know, I guess it it is kind of it really is the equivalent of like dating. And then, you know, you meet someone that's like kind of okay, and you're, you know, you would just, okay, I'm putting all of my eggs in this basket. (laughs) Like, whoa, nobody let's just take a breath.
0: Right. Uh, How do we tone back our crazy of like that desperation of needing people and and still making it work?
1: Well, and also on the flip, I remember I I was in, um, this must have been like maybe a year and a half ago. I had done a, it was like a class with a literary agent. Um, she was just teaching some kind of class. And so um, I was doing it just for my own clients, like just hearing what an agent, you know, is talking about. I love stuff like that. Anyway, anyway, there was a woman um, in the class and it's all on zoom. And she said something that made me think that she lived in Nashville. Mm-hmm. And so I sent her like a private message and she was pretty vocal in the class. Um, I had my camera turned off. I, was like, <laughs> I don't. Um, but anyway, I had sent her a message and I was just like, Hey, are you in Nashville? And then she's like, yeah. And then we, we just kind of we're chatting and she said, we should, you know, I said, if you'd ever like to talk or whatever, she's like, yeah. Um, we ended up going to get a drink and I, we had like one of the best, like first meetings totally clicked. I just remember laughing so hard. She was so cool. She's like, I want to invite you. I want to introduce you to all of these people, whatever. And I could tell it was very genuine. Like she is someone who does not like has a large network is very generous. And it never worked out for us to get together again. I'd reached out a few times. She was so busy. I think just how it happens, like it didn't kind of work out. And so I would say too, if you have that really great first (laughs) meeting with someone and if something doesn't come of it, like don't beat yourself. Uh, cause I think that can also happen where you were like, no,
0: you were the one. <laughs> and that's what makes it really hard when you're older is that your schedules get more demanding. Yeah. Things are different. Like I have the same thing with a friend of mine that we, you know, tried to do a little business venture on the side with one another. And then we both got really busy at our careers and it kind of fell through and we couldn't hang out as much. Um, and it comes back around. Like we recently went out for coffee and so. Now, but now we're trying to hang out again and we can't make our schedules coordinate. And so it kind of just comes and goes, but it doesn't have to be right now. And it doesn't have to be all or nothing. It could be, Hey, we had this really good meeting. We couldn't make it work, but maybe two, three years down the line, all of a sudden something syncs up and now you guys have this connection or in whatever way. Right. Um, So limiting that idea of it has to happen right now. It has to be this, it has to be, or even just for me, like I tend to dream. I'm a big like daydreamer and I think things in my head. So I'm like, this is how this could be. Like I'm meeting with my friend and I'm like, what if like, she has a job position available and she offers it to me right on the spot. And like, how cool would that be? And like, that's never going to happen, but I dream about it. And then like trying to let go of some of that ideation of Okay. It doesn't have to go exactly like that. Like what I'm getting from this is this from this conversation. That's what I need. Let's focus on that. And like, that's fine. And kind of just letting things fall where they may. I have a hard time with that where I'm like wanting to push it and it's like, no, rain it back. It's fine.
1: Oh, so now I don't feel like such a weirdo because (laughs) I do that same thing. And I feel like something probably like the tagline For me, it's like, Amanda Pollack, always doing too much. Like, you know, I'm like, oh, well, they mentioned this one thing, and then wouldn't this be really cool? And, you know, building up all of these expectations. And so then when something doesn't happen in the ideal that I have created for this person's situation my whole life, whatever, it... It's disappointing. And so I've had to do a better job too of like, okay, this is what it is. Yeah. Grateful for this experience. Um, there's a, a dating coach, and um, I, his name's Matthew Hussey. And I just like him because he also has like this just wild, like great life advice. But one of the things he says is be on the date you're on. And I was like, and I think that that just applies for, you know, like, don't don't be walking down the aisle, don't be doing whatever, but be where you are. So be on that coffee date you're on, be on that conversation you're on, like things could totally open up, you know, like a world of possibility. I think you can always like be hopeful and, you know, of where things can go, but I have to tell myself that all the time, like be, (laughs) be where you are now because then if it doesn't come around you know they don't offer you that like of course she would offer you that job Right?
0: (laughs) I would do the same thing (laughs) like I've never worked in that career in my life like she's gonna offer me a job right on the spot like (laughs) it's (laughs) it's hard I think like I even have it on like I have this habit checklist where I check off like certain things I want to get done every day to like better myself or whatever. And being present is one of those things. I struggle with that so much. I am so future oriented where I'm just constantly like, okay, like we just moved into a house a year and a half ago. And I'm like, the market's on fire. We better move again. Like, let's start looking. And my husband's like, dude, you need to calm down. You're going crazy. Like we can't, let's just stay here. Like we're fine. We have a house. And I'm like, no, we're going to get priced out. We got to move now, like all this stuff. And like, same with everything. I'm like, well, we got to do this. And now I have to think about this future. And I've got to think about this. And like, just need to calm down and think about the moment. So I like that advice of like, be on the date you're on, be in the moment, like being present. I've had to work on it really hard because I have two kids and like, I find sometimes I'm just like on my phone and then I get snippy with them. And I'm like, this is not what I want their childhood to be. So I have to be like, okay, let's like put the phone away. Let's stop thinking and let's just focus on the moment. And it's hard. It's hard to kind of put yourself in that position, but really thinking about what am I doing right now? What do I need from this? What do I not need from this? You know, let's just go into it present, enjoy the moment. And that's a better way to get something out of it. Cause if you're present, like, I think it was our first recording, our first conversation where you mentioned kind of exactly this being authentic. And so being yourself and to be able to be authentic, you really do have to be in that present moment. Cause when I'm thinking too much about the future, I'm not being me. I'm like, okay, well, how should I present? What should I say? What should I do to like make sure that these things happen? And then I'm no longer me in that moment. And so to keep that authenticity, I think the present mindset has to come with it.
1: Oh my gosh. So I'm, <laughs> I'm so excited that we're talking about this because I've been thinking about this in general. Um, so also I will sometimes, I love to rehearse. Yeah. Like there's, <laughs> I'm just so glad there's someone else like
0: me. I think there's more of us. I don't think we're I, alone. I'm
1: sure, but it's just so funny because, like, there's definitely times um, I I did I did this a lot when I was younger, and I don't know if it was because of my performance background with like auditions or there's just certain things that um like interactions that I would kind of practice. If I was doing an interview, I always did mock interviews like Mm -hmm. by myself. Um, But I've noticed that I've done this a lot more within the last few years of just like how you talk to people and whatever. And I think there's an art um, to it. But with that being said, I think sometimes I create these things where it's like, oh, I'm going to have this conversation with this person and it's going to go like this and it doesn't go anything like that. Yeah. And then I'm like, oh, right. Stuck
0: and frozen, like you don't know yeah. what to say.
1: That's not, um, that's not how life works. When I did improv, um, one of the things that you have to do is be in the moment. And when you first start, um, you and other people will do this. You will, you can. You can tell who's doing this on stage, um, but create an entire storyline before anyone else has come on. Or it, you can just tell the people who are like, no, I think this will be really funny. And so then they, yeah, they do this whole scene has nothing to do with anyone else, and it feels really weird. Like I've been with performers before who you, I, I had worked with them so much. I was like, I know that you like basically wrote this thing and it's not fun to watch, but the things that are fun are when people are in the moment and they're just like, oh, cool. This is a suggestion I'm going to take and we're just going to run with it. And we're going to be here and I'm going to interact with you. And I'm going to have this very real connection because I'm also listening And I'm not just thinking about what I'm going to say next, which, you know, I'm basically saying this out loud to take my own advice later.
0: (laughs) Well, and that's exactly, I was just thinking the whole time you were talking about how this relates back to listening skills. Like this is something I've been working on my whole life and I'm still working on it is like active listening. Like I do that exact thing. So I do it as a defense mechanism, really. I get really nervous because I'm super shy and I'm not sure I'm going to say the right things. And I really want to be friends with people. So I'm like, how do I you know, say the right things? And so I like you, I kind of rehearse things. If things go off the rails, like this is why I am terrible at improv. Like I get frozen. Like I'm just like, oh, what am I supposed to say? What's the right thing to say here? How do I go like forward? And I need to work more on listening and actively like being present in that conversation and listening to the other person, because then sometimes it comes out like fake. Like I seem, I don't know if other people think this, or I definitely like, I just had a play date with a different mom. And I was like, I talked about myself too much because I didn't know what to say. And I didn't know how to do anything. And like, instead of actively listening to what she was saying, like afterwards, I was like, Oh, I could have asked her all of these follow-up questions that would have gotten her talking about herself, which is what people really want. Um, and so I could have done that differently. And so being able to like, listen and bounce off the conversation instead of like, I was just constantly worrying, like, okay, what am I supposed to do next? What am I supposed to say next? How do I make this conversation go? And then it comes out as like me being super egotistical and talking only about myself, which is not my personality at all, but feels like it because I get so nervous and I know I'm not the only one I've heard, like people talk about this all the time. And kind of coming back to being present, coming back to listening to what people are saying and responding authentically and organically to that can kind of mitigate those types of situations.
1: Yeah, but to be fair, I think everyone's felt that. And yeah. as you said, that um, I I have like this um, weekly small group that I'm in, and like we had our first meeting, and one of the women she you could tell that, just you know, when you can just tell like a lot of things are happening in someone's head. Yeah. And so she just word vomit everywhere. <laughs> but I, I am, I, I was, I remember just sitting there and being like, okay, cool. Like she's talking, she's saying stuff. Like, listen, a lot of times I black out, like when I start <laughs> saying stuff, you know? And so I'm, I, 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 was We've like, all been there. I was like, I'm here for this. What are we, what are we about to get into? And, um, we were all getting ready to leave. And she said something like, you know, um, well next week, everybody else has to talk. Cause I was talking too much and she kind of like ran out the door and I basically just like walked right with her. And I was like, why are you leaving? I was like, it was great. Don't you know, worry about it. That's what we're here for. Um, Like, you weren't, like, I could tell she was in her head. She said a couple of things. And so I was just trying to reassure her, like, listen, we all know what that is, too, where you're like, I said too much and now I have to leave and 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 also the dramatic exit because you're wildly uncomfortable you're like, so
0: sad that you did that yeah
1: my palm my palms are sweaty even thinking up because I know that I've done so. that's everyone's done it but people are a little bit more gracious than you think but I've had that even with like really good friends where I was like oh my gosh I I don't I didn't ask them a single question. It was basically (laughs) just a monologue. Yeah. Um, So I think it's good to be aware of it, but also, like, maybe sometimes they are just like super into what you're saying.
0: Right. There's also like oversharing, I think has come more common, especially after COVID, because we've all been so alone for so long Yes. that like I get there and I'm like oversharing. I'm like, oh, I probably should not have mentioned that. And now I'm the crazy person that's talking about like details of my life that nobody wants to know. Like we're not at that friendship level. And it's happened with other people too, like oversharing with me where I'm like, I don't know if that's quite what you wanted to say. And, um, I think that's a like earlier you were talking about kind of going to the conference and we're all over eager and I'm like I'm prepping myself for that where I'm like okay let's not overshare and like I'm actively thinking okay make sure I'm listening what are types of questions and like I'm already doing it where I'm in my head but I'm like what are questions I could ask other people so that I'm not talking about myself what yeah. can I do that I'm not oversharing like how can I be cool like I've been in a social situation in the last 2 years like how can I pretend to be this and sometimes it's just it's that and then i'm like okay now i need to just rein all that in go there and just do whatever and be myself
1: <laughs> yeah i think i think also i mean it's a good point about the oversharing because i i feel like sometimes when you meet someone and you connect with someone you feel like the conversation's easy it it's maybe natural to try and be vulnerable. Um, but I, there is a difference between being vulnerable and then just oversharing. (laughs) Yeah. You know, so I think that some of it too, I've had to kind of rethink and not rethink too much, but just like, okay, like we can, like, I can walk it back a little bit. I don't have to, you know, just because you're talking with someone, I don't have to share my deepest, darkest secrets. If someone asks something, I actually don't have to, I can say, "Ah, you know, I don't really want to talk about that. Or like, you can kind of skirt it around. Um, But I've noticed that people, even in person or virtually as events are, meetings are still happening. There is like a in normal times I would have never like we're just acquaintances. Right. I wouldn't have ever said this. And all of a sudden they're just like asking you really deep personal questions. And it's like, am I allowed to not answer that? (laughs) I don't know what these boundaries are. So I think some of it I've had to um just kind of pause and slow things down and be like, okay we just met, we can share things and whatever, but just less can be more. Yeah. And I
0: think we've just, the way we approach social relationships has dramatically changed in the last two years. Our social relationships have shrunk. um, And so I think a lot of times it's people just trying to find connection with other people when you don't have close friends, intimate relationships where you can explore that regularly. You sometimes reach out in situations where it's not totally appropriate to do it because you're just craving it. You need it because as human beings, we need those types of intimate relationships. And I think just a higher number of us haven't been able to get that over the last two years because of the way social relationships have had to change based off of circumstance. And so I think there's a lot more oversharing going on just because people are desperate for some type of human connection, especially a lot of people that had to start working remote that didn't want to. Um, And now they're kind of isolated and alone. And what do I do? I just need friends. And um, but you're right. It's about figuring out what your boundaries are, what you want to talk about. You know, I have to go in my head. Okay. Here are the things that like, I want to talk about here. are Things that I should probably not talk about with people and kind of, create that before I go into the social situation. So I know how to kind of rein myself in or um, not expose when people are asking me certain questions. Cause just like you're saying, you have the right to re-steer the conversation or not ask us or cer- answer a certain question if you don't want to.
1: Yeah. And I'm curious too, like, is there, Anything that you feel like is even helpful, as like people like as people are going back out and like being in like real life with one another, because like as even we're just talking about this, I'm I am thinking about like, wow, I haven't I've been to some in person events, but now I'm like, do I, will I be know how to do this again? like, will I know if it's too much? Will I know when to step? you know, there's just kind of a lot of questions. And so I don't know if like, even just from like a research standpoint, (laughs) like, you know, what, I don't know what people can maybe like expect or some kind of. I think,
0: I mean, I'm not a researcher in relationships, so I'm just talking out of my. Yeah. Right now. But, um, I think the biggest thing is, again, kind of active listening, like improv, if you will, like take the cues from other people. If the person you're with is not sharing certain details, then you don't need to either. Um, but also knowing your own boundaries. So if the person you are with is oversharing and you're not comfortable with that, you don't have to like let them talk and just kind of shut your mouth. Um And then again, I think it's just like how we've been kind of comparing it to a dating world is, you know, on your knowing the steps and that it's a long-term process to building a relationship with somebody. So you're not going to go on the first date and unleash everything that you've ever experienced in your life. You're going to start small and you're going to start with mostly the good things and you're going to kind of color it. And then as you go on, you're going to start getting more comfortable. You're going to be more, um, familiar with them. They're going to be more familiar with you. And then you can kind of increase the stages. And I think building any relationship is a similar structure where you start off, you know, you want to just make sure that you're vibing with that same person, that you're on the same track. You know, you can start small. It can be, you know, it doesn't have to be super superficial where all you're talking about is the weather, but a little bit more on that surface level at first, and then kind of take it in stages. And your next meeting with them can be a little bit deeper and, and so forth. And, it's I think it's hard because it depends every interaction is a little bit different because every person wants to be a little bit different so taking your you know knowing who you are and being authentic to yourself but also taking cues from other people and seeing and also knowing I think that everybody's cues are really messed up right now because we're just don't Mm -hmm. know what we're doing like that was something the first semester we came back to in person students were admitting they're like I don't know how to be in a social situation anymore they're like I don't know how to interact in a class. I don't know how to interact with the professor up front. They're like, it's been so long. I don't know what I'm doing. And just that honesty was helpful because then it helped us create a classroom environment where we could all build that up together. Um, But that's the way the world is right now is we're all mass change, trauma that's lasted multiple years, stress we don't, none of us know what we're doing. And I think having grace for ourselves and for other people is just the biggest right now. It's just knowing that we all are just trying to tread water at this point.
1: Yeah, no, I feel like that's really helpful because um, I mean, I think something for me has, I always assume that everyone else knows stuff
0: no one does
1: <laughs> <laughs> even though i you know it's like no i know i know that but i it's hard I, it is really hard and i i guess i will just automatically assume oh other people have been doing this more or um they've had more experience just because they've been you know for instance like i a lot of my friends um talking about, you know, people just kind of like oversharing or just kind of info dumping in some ways. Um, I have a lot of friends who have had to stay at home with their kids, you know, through all of this. And there's times where I'm like, oh, right now they just, they just need someone to just say all of these things out loud to (laughs) you who's not their partner. Um, and you I think that to the point about having grace for yourself and others, I, I've been able to kind of tap in a little bit more to when someone else is having their kind of breaking point or yeah. it, personally and professionally. And so I think that, um, in some ways, maybe it's just made us all a little bit more empathetic. I feel, I, I feel that a lot from people. Um, yeah. and so when I see someone else who I'm like, oh, okay. I'm just supposed to be listening to this. And to your point, it doesn't mean that then I have to say, oh yeah, you've been having this like nervous breakdown. And
0: really
1: <laughs> Let me then tell you all of these other things. Yeah. Um, because if it's a friend, then they just need someone to listen. But if it's someone who you're meeting professionally, like you, oh, I'm, Thank you for sharing. I'm so sorry. You know, like whatever you feel like saying, but you don't have to then say, well, let me just cut open my wound and
0: yeah. You
1: know, show you this. And then
0: well, and honestly, organically, most people don't really want you to because if they're doing that kind of dumping, right. they're in their own headspace and they need to get it out. They don't really care. So I have this problem in relationships too, where In order to connect, I'm like, if somebody's telling me a story, I'm like, oh, I've had that experience. And that's a really annoying trait to most people because they're like, stop talking about yourself. We were talking about something else. Because most people don't really want you to, like, it's almost like one upping, like you're, oh, okay. She always has something to say about herself. Like it gets annoying. And so being able to be that empathic and just say, oh, okay, you know, and respond in a way that lets them know that you heard them. Mm. that's going to propel a relationship way more than talking about yourself. And again, I struggle with this. This is something that like, this is my big character flaw that I constantly work on where I'm like, stop talking about yourself. Nobody cares. Um, And so sometimes just listening and responding and letting them know that they're heard, that's what people need. That's what people want. And so being able to do that without having to open up when you're not ready it goes just as far, if not further than sharing your own kind of response sometimes. So you don't have to share your own in order to still establish a connection.
1: That's such a great point. And also, I want to say that you are not the only person who does <laughs> that. I think we all do. Everybody
0: does it, I know.
1: But something that I've been trying to do recently in not being like, oh yeah, me too. i um, is especially as I've been um, in more group situations lately with people who I know I'm going to see again, um, I try to say, oh yeah, the last time we were talking, you had mentioned this, As as we're getting to know each other, as relationships are building, I've tried to just do callbacks to other Conversations, yeah. and it was interesting because I did this um a couple of weeks ago, and the person I could tell they were like, "Oh,
0: you remembered."
1: You remembered, and then and then I'm sharing something in relation to that, and I feel like it created a stronger connection. And I just kind of like had cataloged this thing. I was like, "Oh, they're mentioning this. That makes come sense. back
0: to it later." Yeah,
1: it just. And sometimes, and I think too, there will be those opportunities.
0: Well, I think it's a great strategy because it goes back to that active listening. You're listening to them in the moment. You're not taking away their moment to talk. Um, And like you said, then you're bringing something up later. So then everybody's excited because you remembered their conversation. So there's a lot of good strategy in that. And again, being present, knowing, okay, I don't have to talk about this right now. We'll have another chance. And what I've had to learn too, sometimes I'll bite my tongue. I do it a lot more now because it's something I want to fix about myself. And then the conversation never goes back to a spot where I can talk about it. And it's fine. Like nothing goes wrong. Like I'm okay. They're okay. And I'm like, Oh, I didn't need to talk about that. It's fine. And so sometimes you can just let it go. And then other times, yes, it might come up another time and you can kind of refocus back to it. And just be present and let it go the way it's going and you don't have to always like steer it or make it go a certain way because control everything. <laughs>
1: <sighs> it's such a hard. I think honestly, as we've been talking about this, I think that some of it is like a control.
0: Yeah.
1: There hasn't been a lot of it. So some of this stuff feels like, Oh no, 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 I can control it. I'm going to control the conversation. Yeah. going to go what this outcome is. And
0: I nobody think, likes somebody that controls everything.
1: <laughs> no. And it's like the, the more I think, whether it's, you know, networking, if you're just building your personal network, whatever it is, there is such a difference in someone who kind of shows up with you know kind of their shoulders back in a way of like okay this is just gonna be what it is yeah and those are the natural relationships that kind of build those are the things that i feel are the most um beneficial and and not even just like in a transactional way but that will fill you the most because then you feel like oh I, I just showed up as myself and I actually had a better time than I thought. And I was offering value just because of who I am. I didn't have to prove anything Yeah. in the time that we were together.
0: Well, and it's knowing too, sometimes like some conversations are more organic. Like every time I talk to you, we just start like we, I had yes. to hit record at the beginning. Cause I was like, there's no introduction. Like we're <laughs> just going. We're gonna go back and forth. It's gonna be easy. It's effortless on my part. I love it as a host of a podcast. These are the ones I love. Um, and then other times it's like pulling teeth, like you have to continually ask a million questions, or you know, you have to keep like there's sometimes where I'm in a conversation that it dies down. And like I'm really bad at starting conversations. I'm really good at like responding, not as good at starting. That's where my husband kind of shines. And I get really nervous. Then I'm in my head and I'm like, okay, what's the next thing I should say? Like, what do I do? And so sometimes it feels more forced. And I had to go to this idea of even when it feels forced, it's not always a bad thing. Like sometimes I'm still creating a connection. Sometimes we're still actually like each other and we still want to continue the relationship, even though, it feels maybe a little bit more forced and it's not as good. And, and it changes over time. As you get to know them, that can change. And there might be any number of reasons that it feels that way, but it's not inherently worse than like when it's easy. It's just a little bit harder and you have to think through it. And that's fine. Like everything in life has an easy mode and a hard mode and you kind of just go with it. So learning to balance that just because the conversation is not easy and free flowing doesn't mean you don't have a connection with somebody. It might be something else. Um, and it might be something that you can still continue.
1: That's a great point. And it, I think it also goes back to what you had said before. Um, when we were talking about like the different stages of getting to know people, like, um, I, I'll just use a, a dating example from a friend of mine. I just remember my friend who now she's been married to her husband for, I don't know, like 15 years. And in the beginning, she, I think she went on like three or four dates with him. And she was like, Oh, I mean, I'll go again. She was like, I'll go one more time. I, he's kind of, he just seems boring. I don't <laughs> really, you know, she's very like Hey, how's it going? Love's life. And so she went on this quote unquote final date and she said, I guess she had said something and he came back with just like a sassy, small (laughs) comment. And she goes, oh,
0: I didn't know you had that
1: Okay. (laughs) I just remember her saying like, oh, I can, I can work with that. (laughs) And it was just that one thing, but they had been out a few times. And so sometimes when you're meeting someone for the first, that's not their, some people don't make a great first impression, right?
0: Or some people like me are just so in my head that I'm not being kind of the authentic me in every first interaction as well. And that doesn't mean it's not about you personally, right? So it's not because you're a bad date or you're a bad person that I'm talking to. It's because. I'm so nervous about making it good that I make it bad. And that happens with a lot of people. And so sometimes it's just like, my husband's a very like first impression. He's like, I get people, I read people. Like I read people for a living is what he always says. And he's like, I know people like the first time I see him. And I was like, I don't trust any first impression because I'm like terrible at them. And I was like, I take a few more, like I need to g- give people a few extra chances and um we found like a middle ground where I give too many chances and he doesn't give any. And like, now I'm like, see, there's some people that we've become friends with. And I was like, you didn't like them at first, but now you do. And (laughs) (laughs) so other times, like, I don't know. I feel like you just kind of sometimes just give people the benefit of a doubt. Like first impressions aren't everything. I know that's really big in business to say, and people are really inherent on like, ah, you have to make a good first impression. And I think we all just need to relax a little, And again, have grace for others and let them know that like, it doesn't have to be perfect the first time.
1: I heard that. I heard something recently where it was, and I don't remember where it was, but it was basically like, once someone's kind of bought into you and it could just be the connections you have some small part of your conversation that you kind of can't mess a lot up. So, especially in the beginning phases, and I want to say it was probably, I I think it was this relationship coach. I've just been very into dynamics, especially recently of just like how we're relating to each other. um, Because I definitely, of course, I'm having these conversations with anyone and nobody over here (laughs) myself but um the idea of like well if I show up and I say something wrong it's just it's ruined like that's there's no hope for anything and he was just talking about how like think of the people who you've maybe met at whatever state you know if it's the first impression or a couple of things in but there was probably something where you're like I'm interested to know more or they could have said something that somebody else would have said. And you were like, Oh, I will never talk to them ever (laughs) again. You know, sometimes it's just like somebody's energy, their personality, the whatever small connection you have that they can still do something that is quote unquote wrong that somebody else would have done. You would be like, Nope, never going to talk again, but you give them another chance. Like I think people will also do that with you. So it's, I I just feel like now more than ever it's just remembering that we're all trying to figure this out um and also if you mess something up then you mess it up (laughs) I don't
0: know like it's never the end of the world everything it'll you'll recover from it you'll move on
1: and they probably will have forgotten I do this so like I've done this a lot I actually sent um, a text message, this group that I'm in, like a meeting got canceled. And I sent a message that like, you know, in my head, I thought it was funny. Um, and they didn't get a response from the person who was organizing this. And so there were so many times where I was like, oh my gosh, should I have sent like a (laughs) follow-up meeting? Like, I'm sorry. Haha. I hope I didn't hurt your feelings. I really appreciate you and everything that you're doing. And then I was like, hi, Amanda, you're doing too much. Like, it's probably (laughs) fine. It's not gonna like think of all the things that you haven't responded to or whatever. You're going to do more damage if you just send a bunch of like other messages. Right. Stop.
0: Well, and it's the idea that people are most often in our own heads. Like we've both talked about how we're both completely in our own heads during all these other people are too. the people you are talking to. Like we touched a little bit on kind of imposter syndrome. Mm -hmm. What helped me with imposter syndrome was I talked to somebody very eminent in like my career field. And she's like, oh yeah, I have imposter syndrome to the max. And I was like, wait, what? And it's just realizing that everybody's in their own head. So all those little like fumbles that you think you made, like I made so many fumbles on the job interview for the job I currently have that I went home and I was like crying to my husband. I was like, there's no way they're going to give you this job. And they're like, oh, we thought you did great. And they hired me. And like, I'm like, well, what about this? And like, no, I don't even remember that. Like, it wasn't even that big a deal. And like, so sometimes just letting yourself go, like I overanalyze so, Like, again, I had just a, a play date the other day and I'm constantly, what did I do wrong? What am I And like, she doesn't remember anything. She was thinking about herself as well. And she was worried about whatever she was doing and it doesn't matter. Um, so just um, remembering that people are in their own head too.
1: <laughs> oh, and that's funny you say that about the job interview because I specifically remember um, I had an interview at a video studio here in Nashville when I, like, I first moved here. And I don't remember why exactly I didn't think I was going to get the job. I just remember like the conversation was actually fine. I really liked these people. And I just remember leaving and being like, there's no way I'm going to get this job. And I remember telling, you know, people, I was like, no, I just, it's not going to happen. I just 100% know. And it was less than 24 hours And I had a job offer and I was like, what? Because I was thinking about all of these random things that I was talking about. I was like, I don't even think I answered their questions right. I think I was evading probably, Um, you know, or just you're thinking of how to be a good interview instead of, uh, or interviewee. Um, and they said that they were like, oh yeah, the one thing that you said one thing and that was what kind of did it for us is that you weren't afraid to like talk to people on the phone and I was like I said that that's weird <laughs> I was like because I said that I was like
0: okay. you never know what like, other people are thinking think the
1: phone and like call someone or whatever I was like okay I guess
0: you never know what's going through other people's heads that's why again just being authentic be yourself and somebody somewhere out there will like what you're putting out <laughs>
1: And if they, they don't, someone else will, but yeah, Yeah. there's definitely people, your people are out there. Um, it just takes a while to find them.
0: Thank you for listening to the career journey podcast. Head over to our website at careerjourneypodcast.com for more information and the latest episodes. See you next time.